because it's just like it just never ends. Um, Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hi there. Today we're going to be doing a mini pod. Oh, it's a mini pod. Mini pod. Of uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Rogue Pod. Which, <laughs> you know, made tons and tons of money over the weekend. How much uh, money did it make? Uh, I think it was 150 million, Jesus. 155 million, something like wow. that. Let me look it up real quick. Sorry, I put you on the spot. <laughs> 155 million over the weekend. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like the exact amount that I just said. <laughs> so we got to go spoiler free for a few minutes, right? Yeah, we got to go spoiler free for a moment. Um, so one thing off the bat that I really like about this movie is that it feels unencumbered by all the Skywalker bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that I found very refreshing about this. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, family lines, someone becoming a Jedi and being evil and all that. Yeah, other whose type kid of, is who right, and speculation. And all, and all this that. other type of bullshit. So immediately, right off the bat, I enjoyed this because it's, I like this ever since Force Awakens came out, this sort of um, different kind of uh, look into maybe even behind the scenes of what's going on in Star Wars. It's a different feel to mm-hmm. everything. Even Force Awakens, even though it's episode seven, is so distant as far as like how they decided to tell that story, even though that story is very similar to yeah. a lot of those. But, um, but that's the one thing that immediately came out at me about this. But anyway, what, what do you, what do you about you guys? I mean, overall, I, I had a really good time with it. Um, I, I was surprised how many times I found myself smiling or chuckling yeah. um, along the way. Uh, I have I have a couple of story gripes and a couple of technical gripes, um, but I would put this at a probably a solid B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it to somebody looking for a good time who enjoys Star Wars movies, but. You know, I don't think we're ever going to get one that's perfect. So once again, we have Alan Tudyk playing uh, the best part of this movie, yeah. which is a, a robot. Yeah, and this I, time he he went full on performance capture too. It's not just a voice. Oh, so okay. Oh, yeah. He was doing the um, Andy Circus thing for this character, uh, and yeah, you're right. He's the best thing about the movie, hands down, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I don't know what it is about these movies. So, like the last two movies, the best thing about them has been the robots. Yeah. <laughs> it's been the new droid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what where does does it even encroach on what I'll say is the canon? Everything but the prequels. Like, does it even crack those top four? You know, between New Hope, uh, Empire, Return of the Jedi, okay, so and uh, Force Awakens. I, I, I mean, I need to see it again. In all honesty, the further I get from it, um, the less I think I liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I really liked it coming out. And right now, I would just say I liked it. 
I agree with you. Um, uh, so an, another viewing might actually push it further down. The most common thing I'm seeing online are people starting, like comparing this to Force Awakens. Is this better than Force Awakens? And I, I think they're pretty level. I mean, Force mm. Awakens' biggest flaws are, are how new hopey it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie's flaws are something we'll get into in the spoiler section. Um, but, you know, they both felt like Star Wars. They both gave me thrills. They both gave me smiles and laughs. And, uh, you know, I liked them both. This one has a lot fewer laughy moments, though. You know, what's I funny think. is halfway through the movie, when we're first meeting uh, Donnie Yen's character, and he cracks a couple of jokes that are really funny. Yeah. I was like, man, this is a funny Star Wars movie. And then there was like no laughs after that at all. <laughs> I walked out going, that wasn't as funny as that. Like I thought one of my main notes was going to be, this is a funny movie, but only up to a certain point did yeah. I feel that way. Yeah. And I'm also wondering where they did the reshoots too. I don't know. I haven't read anything about it, but didn't really feel like there was anything they just kind of tacked on no no it was the anti-suicide squad yeah there was one scene in there and i can't remember what it was that felt like okay yeah you could have it's very possible that you guys came in and reshot that but it nothing yeah like it wasn't like suicide squad mm-hmm. where you're like okay geez <laughs> yeah i see that you had to add stuff there i guess yeah, exactly. i mean uh, but without talking spoilers i think with one or two exceptions that stand out to me i think the cast is all really good uh, really well cast in their roles and winning in their performances. Um, I particularly liked, like you said, Alan Tudyk, Donnie Yen, and his buddy with the big gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked uh, Riz Ahmed. Yeah, who was from uh, The Night Before. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Night Of. Um, the night That's right, before. The Night Of. I, keep, I think I've done that twice. You might have been in The Night Before, hey. we just didn't see him. Yeah, The Night Of. <laughs> Um, you know, the main character, Jin, uh, was, she's not bad in this movie, but I felt like that was one of the casting or performances that, that like stood out the least to me mm-hmm. uh, i feel like uh, any old actress could have done that role the way she did it and she's asked to carry the film emotionally at a couple of points that that end up ultimately ringing a little hollow to me mm-hmm. um but in general i think everyone's well cast uh this movie is brisk it's mm-hmm. almost too brisk for the first hour because there's a lot of guardians of the galaxy style planet hopping going yeah, on yeah, yeah. um but it's certainly not slow or draggy anywhere along the That's line the thing I love all these characters, and I wish that they they had spent a little bit more time on them. And like you're talking about uh, characters that um, are really really cool, and they have a good dynamic and everything. Now the story thrusts them together; they're not all together at one mm-hmm. time, like just because they the friends or whatever. But but like the the story sort of thrusts them together. But by the end of the movie, I was like, man, it would have been nice to have seen these guys interacting a lot more, and maybe cut out some other like backstory we didn't really need. Yeah. Um, I don't think it gets into too much spoiler territory to say at the very beginning they're they're showing the you know Felicity Jones character as a kid and her parents and all this other stuff uh-huh. stuff that we could have easily just had them say you know happened in the past and we didn't need like I don't think we needed all that. That's I like, thought the exact same thing. That's mm-hmm. the stuff just before the title. Well, the it's right after the galaxy far far away and then there's the that section and then they cut to star wars and then and it's like that's a part that we didn't need really if you had spent a little bit more time with these other people i would have been because this could have been really like 
fun as far as like all these people doing their yeah. doing their thing and everything but we don't get to spend much time with them yeah before and, they start getting into fights and stuff yeah and she was i hear what you're saying because she was a little bit forced drama you know like it didn't necessarily drag for me in those those first few scenes but it it, it was definitely a little bit unnecessary and like i could have lived in Donnie Yen's character for like another 20 minutes, you know. Oh really my goodness. And, and his relationship with the other guy that yeah, has yeah. the big gun because they've been together for a long time. They have a lot of silent understandings. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where a lot of the humor came from. Yep. That's where most of the best action came from was that, that first scene with Donnie Yen mm-hmm. uh, on J- Jeddah, uh-huh. uh, which I want to talk about specifically when we get into spoilers, is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I agree. And and honestly, I think they were just trying to to flesh out Mads Mikkelsen's character. Um, and so that's why we get that early scene. And and you're right. It felt almost tacked on right at the beginning. In fact, the first time we see her grown up, I thought to myself, we could have just started this movie right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but small gripe. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, I guess the the in the to round out the non spoiler thing is I think we all liked it with some reservations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It is a beautiful movie. And what's before, right, as a good transition into spoilers, the reality aspects of this, like the, sh- the way the ships look and everything, throws in sharp contrast when they do something that's not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I agree completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think we all we all liked it. I mean, again, we're we are again going back to this story about the death star. I mean, this, yeah. this movie is again about the death star. Well, and which I was means surprised. we now have four movies about the death star. Yep. Yeah. And going in, I thought, okay, this is the movie where they're stealing the plans to the death star. I did not expect the death star to have so many scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No kidding. And you know, my memory of a new hope was that the older on firing was kind of a test fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie gives us like three other test fires that this Death Star did. So you're I, right. I'm about, okay, so now we're going to get into spoilers. Yeah, and you yeah. are hit touching on the fucking thing about this movie that pisses me off the most. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> no spoilers! Luke's father is actually Darth Vader. She's the sister and the daughter. No, 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 no. I'm reading the books. This bullshit test fire bullshit. (laughs) That is the biggest bullshit in this movie. I because agree. yes in the first movie they were like oh we need to show the dim- we need to demonstrate the power of this station. Right. And they go to Alderaan and they blow the fucking shit up. Yep. In this one it's like a nuclear blast. Yep. It's all it is. It, it can destroy a city. Well yeah, and or that's at least it. that's all it does. Yeah. Like I think they mentioned at some point it could destroy the whole planet. Exactly. Yeah, they they wanted to dial it back like setting your phaser to stun basically. They're like we don't want a manifesto, we want a story. Well, and it's like this that. is getting into my biggest gripe in the movie, which is Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia being all CGI mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy movie bullshit. Yeah. But it was Tarkin that did that. He dialed it back to the city so that because he said we could still show its power, but what he was really trying to do was usurp the glory. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want the planet blowing up to happen yeah. on the other dude's watch. Um, I think. Yeah, apparently they have they have different drives or something like that that you can set to city destroy or country destroy or planet I, destroy. I think it's some bullshit. Yeah. They just they, <laughs> they 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 may very well be a reason for it that I missed while I watched it, but I was just like I, I and I obviously did miss it because I was sitting there going, "Wait a minute. What is this doing? All it's doing is blowing up one city. What's yeah. going on?" And I think it's just something in there so that they get, they can't they 
Obviously, because the first one that gets blown up is Alderaan, mm-hmm. they can't blow up any other planets because yeah, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but the reason, but, but what they do now is say, oh well, we tested it out many other times before <laughs> on a smaller setting. Yeah. Exactly. You know, for this movie. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like a rich guy having a Lamborghini mm-hmm. and like really wanting to show it off and like you don't want to drive it around like a neighborhood you want to like take it on the autobahn or something like mm-hmm. that it's like every chance they have to blow some shit up at this thing they're gonna take yeah. it out of this movie. and it drives okay the, the i don't know the actor's name the guy from dark knight rises i felt like he was playing the same character mm-hmm. a guy who thinks he's in charge but somebody else actually is and this guy's just a fuck well, up and at first i thought he was playing grand moff tarkin yeah. And it was just a different actor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that makes perfect sense yeah. to me. <laughs> Why didn't yes, they do that? Does. And then he, then actual Grand Moff Tarkin shows up and it is definitely CGI Peter Cushing. Yes. They, they got two actors to play him and Leia, but then like digitized them to look like what they did poorly. in 1970s. Yes, poorly. Uh, there's always something missing and I can't explain what it is. They look exactly like they did in 1977. But there is just something off yep. about it that just doesn't make, you know, well, doesn't I'm, register. My gripe is with the decision to even try that in the first place. Why you've did already they do recast it? Mon Mothma. You've recast, yeah. you can recast, God, even, I hate that, I hate what I'm about to say, even Darth Vader sounds wrong in this movie. Yes. Because yeah. James Earl Jones is 35 years older. Yes. And you could probably have gotten an imitator off YouTube who would have sounded exactly like the original. It, it sounds like somebody imitating Darth Vader. It does. <laughs> and it's, it kind of pulls you out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, another one of my big gripes with this movie is Darth Vader because he's there's no reason for him to be here. And they give him this admittedly badass hallway kill scene yep. to justify his existence in the greater movie as a whole, which is completely unnecessary. Mm. And the, uh, the, it's, it's symptomatic of what I call this, this movie's last third is very try-hardy. Uh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to give you Darth Vader. We're going to connect it as closely as possible to New Hope. We're going to use the word hope 1,462 mm. times. <laughs> yep. We're going to have two separate big rah-rah speeches from the lead actress who's not actually rah-rahing anybody. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then, okay, we're in the spoiler section. Everybody dies. Yep. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. dies. Mm-hmm. You could have killed all but one or two. It doesn't have to be Jin. doesn't have to be... But you were clearly going for, oh, we got permission? Well, let's just fucking kill them all. Yeah, and they had the Deep Impact ending, too. I was they- just going to say, I wonder yeah. if this movie knows how Deep Impact it is. Because yeah. it was like Tay Leone on the beach <laughs> there. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, and there's two scenes like that. Because Forrest Whitaker, who I did not understand one lick of dialogue no, from this entire no. movie, mm-hmm. does has the same death watching this wave of destruction yeah. come towards him. That's another thing. Forrest Whitaker in this... It feels like, and I could be wrong, but it feels like a lot of these characters, they just intentionally didn't do things with so that they can make the movie later. Yeah. I'm cynical enough to think that yeah. because the Forrest Whitaker character is supposed to be a badass. Yeah. Yeah. And we see him one time when, you know, the Felicity Jones, I'm going to say Jen Erso, Jen Erso character is down in her like hidey hole at the beginning yeah and then we see him again when she goes over to see him the only reason they go to see him by the way is because he has this hologram message that's the only reason which nobody sees except for exactly (laughs) yeah convenient for the story um but like i felt like this guy was way more than i mean the movie's building him up as way more yeah than what they actually show in the movie and and yeah he you know he after they shows the hologram, well, you're done. You don't have any reason to be on this movie in this movie anymore. There's a succession of deaths in here 
that reaches a tipping point right at uh, the K2's death. Isn't yeah. it kind of like The Departed? Where like, yeah. the, like, like this movie's going to like fucking. The Departed. Just like I, I remember, I remember watching The Departed with some people, and there was actual laughter at how many people are dying, <laughs> yeah. you know, and everything. Especially in that latter part, yeah, after the Nicholson's last part of the movie, yeah, because it's just like it just never ends. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like that. It's kind of like you know. It's like it's like. Well, these characters didn't do shit after this, so they all died. Yeah, and I feel like I've even seen some people justify, like our buddy Aaron Dicer. He and I were emailing about it, and he felt like it was appropriate to kill them all because, mm-hmm. you know, in Star Wars, we don't know about any of them. Not, and yeah. I think that is a very thin, weak line of logic mm-hmm. because these guys could have gone on to have anonymous lives that weren't in the first three movies. That's correct, and. And what's sad is that you could have you gave us a couple of really great characters. Like yeah. Donnie Yen's character is awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he used to be a Jedi or he kind of is. He's blind. He's a wizard with that stick. I was yeah. expecting bullshit when he goes to fight those stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. But the way they executed his fighting style made sense to me. And especially when he fucking holds that stormtrooper up in front of him like a shield for like five goddamn seconds, <laughs> deflecting bullets with that. Uh, that's the most thrilling part of the movie for me. Donnie Yen, man. I had watched that Eat Man yeah. uh, clip that you had sent, but I hadn't seen really anything else that he had done. And I wasn't ready. I wasn't. I, yeah. They should have sent a poet. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, should, I was not ready for how fucking badass this guy yeah. is. It, yeah. It's that amazing. That was the uh, one moment in the, uh, in, in the theater that I actually heard applause during the middle of it. Like it was that that awesome yeah i want to see that scene again right now yeah Mm -hmm. or or the scene where he 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 literally when he takes down the uh the tie fighter and it smashes in when the rainstorm and it smashes into that gun turret he looks away from it it's a no look shot wait he's blind anyway i know but he intentionally looks the other way it's fucking badass yeah Yeah. (laughs) and also the one of the funniest parts of the movie was when he's like they put a bag over everybody's head and then they put it over his head and he's like seriously i'm blind (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, there are a lot of little touches, uh, that, that I liked. There's that moment early on where you're seeing, uh, a ship and then as the light moves, you realize it's in front of a huge star destroyer Yeah. and then it cuts back and the light keep moves, keeps moving. And now the star destroyer is dwarfed by the death star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That gave me a solid chuckle when I saw that. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a neat little trickaroo. Um, the ending of this, which you alluded to with Darth Vader, uh, killing all the guys and everything. At first, I thought this was the opening of A New Hope, basically, yeah. from his perspective. Right, and, and that would have been awesome. And it's not. No. Um, because he is offing fools at a record pace, and like, even though, I mean, like everything, there's a lot of details in that last scene that feel very much like that first scene in A New Hope, but it takes, you know, you see the Leia's ship fly off after she's like hope yeah and all that yeah. uh fly and off well, and you I guess realize vader just waits and, and i guess vader like goes in that same ship later actually catches up to and her? catches up okay. and whatever i guess it does it feels like some details are a little off on mm-hmm. that I, I could be wrong but it feels like they didn't get that right yeah because r2 wasn't on that ship or at least they didn't show it they showed him in the hangar yeah there's a earlier. yeah there's a little scene with r2 and the c3po the uh the obligatory scene yeah, because yeah. they have to you know you know give the fanboys what they want like in the stan lee of star wars yeah c3po <laughs> and r2d2 but they're like standing off in some yeah hangar or whatever yeah. but then i don't yeah i mean i guess apparently they get on that ship mm. i was a little confused though because once they send the plans 
I thought I thought Jen Urso said I've sent this to the entire universe is what she said. Didn't she say that? I've sent mm-hmm. she, oh yes, yes she does. And that is one thing that I want to talk about, right? Because that is the most premature celebration moment I have ever fucking seen. Yeah, she and she didn't need to say that. She didn't need to say that, and she hadn't done it yet. You're right. She hadn't uploaded all that stuff yet. He was standing right, right. in front of her. Like she knew the ex machina Diego Luna guy was gonna come <laughs> back from his broken yeah. back and save her. Right. So. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna expose it for a while, and he's gonna like hold the gun on her, like I win. Well, and I and, also you know. was confused there because he says, "Who are you?" And yeah. I was like. Like, were you not on the platform when she yelled "father" right before her dad <laughs> yeah, died? Exactly. Yeah, like what the heck? Yeah, and but it, it, was she just talking out of her ass when she said she sent this to the entire universe, or was she expecting it to get sent to the entire universe once she sent? Because that completely undermines New Hope. Because it's there's only one set of plans, and they send it on R two D two. Yeah, and and it's all it's all based on R two D two getting it to Obi wan Yeah, that's the only reason it works. But if it's going to the entire universe, then R two D two doesn't even matter. She doesn't have a strong understanding of how technology. I guess works. not. <laughs> well, well, she's just a petty thief. You got to cut her some slack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and they have there's two things competing with time in that in that last thing. There is a there is a, a shield of they're preventing them from communicating with each other and they have to blow up that shield mm-hmm. and there's these transmissions going on and it's like sometimes they would talk about one or the other yeah. and i didn't know which one they were I talking didn't always about know which of the about to be dead heroes were trying to accomplish which mission yeah um which is but i did just from a sci-fi standpoint, I did think that planet shield with the square, that circular opening in one place was kind of freaking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I loved watching the fleets come out of warp or yes, what do they call it in Star Wars? <laughs> Just used to Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> come out of hyperdrive, and especially Vader's Star Destroyer comes out of hyperdrive. <laughs> it just blows up a ship that was directly. <laughs> it has to happen a lot. You would think. So, but so many little dazzling touches like that. Once again, we had hyperdrive just being done out of nowhere, yep. like Force Awakens did, and. I feel like this is the her- this is one of those heresy moments in the new Star Wars because the very first one Han Solo makes it very clear and he's like he's like hey you don't want to just go on and go into hyperspace you can run into a star or a planet or something like that and you're like yeah that makes sense yeah. that makes a lot of sense now two movies in a row people are like ah fuck the coordinates we're just gonna go into hyperspace <laughs> and one guy was on the planet's surface when he went into hyperdrive yeah. in this movie. Barely, that's and okay. it looked cool but I was like I don't uh, know about that yeah it's like well it's desperate times to call for desperate measures and whatnot. <laughs> like no it doesn't really you can, you've been flying around avoiding all this shit without hyperspace this whole time why don't you uh, wait for some coordinates? <laughs> well, one thing I did like was the setting of that final battle mm-hmm. on on that planet. Like they've set battles in ice planets, in forests, and in, in deserts and everything. What they haven't done is like some crazy like tropical setting. Yeah, and it was gorgeous. It was cool looking. I mean, I was getting mad Return of the Jedi vibes from two things: the the way the walkers were behaving, yeah. and then just those squarish looking bunker garage doors where the troopers were all running yeah. out of very much reminded me of those endor bunkers that han solo mm-hmm. was outside of yep uh but i agree uh, setting wise i was really glad even jetta the planet while kind of a desert planet does not remind me of tatooine yeah yeah and i love the ambush scene in that 
on that planet mm. where uh, everybody kind of gets involved in the action, whether they intend to or not. I think that's right before they meet uh, Donnie Yen. Mm. Uh, but no, I agree. I thought the setting of that final battle was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- we we like to complain about a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> um, none of that is none of that is really like something that's going to make you go, I hate this movie or whatever. But, oh, no. Um, but uh, I, I ultimately, though, I mean, what what I get take out of this is that, you know, K2SO is a great creation. Of course, he, he's dead by the end yeah. of it. <laughs> they can always remake him, though. That's kind of the kind of weird thing for me, though, is that they're apparently the he's apparently an imperial robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are a million of them and this is the first time we're ever hearing of them <laughs> well the funny thing about that when they when they assume the identities of the empire and everything by again luring the people on the ship and you know beating them up and everything or killing them uh but it's funny that jen urso is probably like four ten five <laughs> yeah. feet, and she somehow like gets this to fit and she's walking around with these guys and she's like a mission walking yeah. with them but she's this death star pilot now. right it's crazy um anything else that we need to talk about on this movie um i want to talk about the score because I'm, yeah i'm conflicted here now Jakino only came on this movie like four weeks ago mm-hmm. like he basically had four weeks to do the score mm. he was replacing another guy that i think got called away to another i don't think it was bad blood or anything um and there are honest to god moments in here where i was was like wow i really like what he did right there and then there are moments in this movie where i'm like so he's just inverting the original score Mm -hmm. and that's all he's gonna do and granted he had some time constraints or what have you but i'm like really 50 50 on the score there were parts of it that i thought were borderline perfect and then parts that just felt rushed and sloppy did they, I, I agree did they completely. did they completely uh shit can this other guy's music yeah because, okay because jacchino's the only person credited and i and even the imdb doesn't even have an uncredited on this mm-hmm. so that's very strange it must have been terrible it was either a terrible score or it was just bad enough they didn't think they could turn it around mm-hmm. and i think this score is fine like it hits the right horn notes as we transition it's gonna get you in the right mindset but you know i almost just wish they'd hired him in the beginning given him the the same time he had on star trek and we might have gotten just something killer iconic yeah because he he puts that perfect twist on this the star trek theme and what you hear here is like it's yeah it's like a weird like uh okay let's let's uh, change it so that we don't get copyright it's like what the simpsons did with the cheers theme <laughs> yeah, song yeah. yeah right i mean well feels it, like it. it's uh sort of what i, I mean it's yeah exactly that's exactly the right way to feel about it because it was like star wars the clone wars which yeah. i recently saw the uh the music on that is like it's like as if somebody is making a like a sound alike sound yeah. of it and like making sure some notes are not exactly the the same or else they're going to get copyright violations. Well, and yeah, which is weird because when Vader comes on, they do the Vader death mm-hmm. march scene. Although it's, it's a, slow. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. The first time we see him, which again, I think this might have been the reshoot, is when Mendelssohn goes to see Vader and Vader's in the That's the what tank. I that's what, that's what scene you were I was thinking. trying to think of, yeah. And then Vader comes out and makes a pun about choking on your aspirations, <laughs> hardy har. Mm-hmm. Vader's always been a wise acre. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, leaves. But when Vader's walking in after that thing is what well, I noticed it was like half time the typical Imperial March. Mm-hmm. Um 
but yeah, the melody was identical. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was conflicted. I thought there were good and bad parts of the score, and I'm I, I really love his work, and so I'm I hate whenever I have to say not great things. No, about I totally him. agree, and it has to be the time constraint. Yeah, four I mean, fucking weeks. Yeah, are you kidding? seriously. And you, honestly, I think history will probably look back and consider you know considering how much time he had, this is actually genius. Yeah, so. yeah. The um another interesting thing is the screenplay is written by Chris Weitz and Tony Gilroy. Wow, oh, the guy yeah? from American Pie? Chris White's of American Pie fame and many, <laughs> many other movies. I'm by sorry the way. to pigeonhole you in there, Chris White. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, well, of course, he also, I believe he was one of the directors of The Twilights, one of The Twilights. I mean, he's got like a very like eclectic career. Um, uh, like, see, his writing credits are like about a boy and oh, ants yep. and uh, stuff like that, and his directing credits. Yeah, he did uh, Twilight Saga, New Moon. He did Golden Compass. He did About a Boy, Down to Earth, stuff like that. And then Tony Gilroy, who uh, born born movies and Michael Clayton is basically mm-hmm. what he's known for and everything. Those guys teamed up on a Star Wars movie. That's crazy. I would love to know the story behind that. Yeah. I want to know the studio or the director or the producer says, you know what? I know one guy who could do this. Chris White's? Yes. And then the other guy's <laughs> like, and the guy's like, let's team him up with Tony Gilroy. Gilroy, put some born in this shit. Like I just, I'll never understand how this type of stuff works. You know? It's the last two guys at the bar one night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, ultimately, I think the you know it was a it was a fun screenplay. I yeah, mean, no, I mean I, it definitely was. I mean there was there was a lot of action. You never felt like it was bogged down, or I never felt like it was bogged down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean Gareth Edwards did did a nice job. Mm-hmm. I mean overall, but. Was there anything, I didn't see monsters, but like, was there anything that really like specifically qualified him to do this movie, do you think? Um, I believe it was, this is just my opinion, but the way he handled the massive scale in Godzilla, mm-hmm. and then like one or two shots, like that red smoke paratrooper shot in Godzilla is mm-hmm. just fucking amazing. Yeah. And I think it was that kind of visual flair combined with his he's handled this huge scale destruction type stuff. You know, I don't I don't doubt that one one bit, but a lot of these directors that are getting on these movies, like Ryan Johnson, who we both like yeah. a lot, uh has never done a movie like this and he's going to be a- episode 8. Yep. Um Colin Trevorrow who, you know, did, you know, <laughs> Safety not guaranteed yeah, yeah. guaranteed is given the Jurassic yeah. World movie. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I do agree that he probably got it based on that, but I don't know what these other guys are getting it based on, if yeah. that's the case. Um but yeah, I mean I and I felt like Godzilla was, you know, was a decent Godzilla. Mm. And he had a lot of really cool things in it, but um yeah, I don't think he, he he didn't really get in the way of this movie. He didn't really I don't think he elevated it in any particular way mm. either. Uh, may, except maybe that it's just that it's gorgeous and, yeah. and that he keeps it trim and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of like you said, there's there's a lot of cool little moments, like, like the, when she gets blown off, almost off the platform by the ship's yes. engines taking off. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen this kind of shit in a Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, exactly. It, it, what what we have seen, and it reminded me of that Oscar Isaac scene in, in Force Awakens where he takes out all those Tie Fighters. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, when the the guy with the gun, when Jang is is the guy with the the huge gun, yeah, he hits one of the uh, the big walkers like upside the head, and it turns around, and then all of a sudden this blue squadron pilot just blows it out. Yeah. Of it. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, and was. then it cuts to the the squadron leader. He just has this little smile, like yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. Well, and they took footage that was unused from A New Hope of like the red and gold leader. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, and, oh yeah. And enhanced it and used it in this sequence. Cause it would make sense that they would be a part of this battle as well. Uh-huh. 
and and I couldn't tell watching the movie that that's what had happened. I wasn't positive until I got home. So it, that's where you su- should draw the line, mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, like, exactly. You did not have footage of Cushing to you know nice it up. Yeah. You had to create from scratch, basically, and then use audio recordings. And honestly, one thing I thought to myself in that first scene, I didn't know they were going to go back to Tarkin like three more times. <laughs> but when that first scene was done, I was like, you should have just kept it on his reflection, mm-hmm. looking out that window, because that looked real enough. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have to spin him around and zoom in on his face and have it be fakey looking. I'm wondering, is it the eyes? Is it the eyes that really give it away? I don't know what it is. I think it, it might it is be. very good. It's just, you're right. There's I think it might there. be. The eyes might be a little bit too shiny or something about it that they can't write quite because yeah i mean when i saw it i was like yeah something's just not registering right Mm. and 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 it could be just because i remember that you know what he looked like in the 1977 version we're talking about a movie that's got you know has gotten worn out after watching it on VHS many times and you never really got to see it and well you get to see it later when they make the special editions but there's something about it, man. There's something mm-hmm. I can't quite put my finger on. Well, I even hope- with Leia, I, you could have still played that scene mostly the same by having the door open and seeing her from behind, yeah. and that's it. Yep. Yeah. But no, you had to turn her around and try to outdo the Twilight baby <laughs> just so she would say the word hope. And someone audibly laughed. I remember when they saw, when we saw Leia show, I heard this guy go, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it just does, it takes you out of it. It does. And that that should not be the goal. No. Yeah. The goal should be to keep you in it's, it. It's unnecessary. I agree. And I love, I mean, again, that Darth Vader hallway scene fucking awesome yes you have never seen darth vader like this no in your life no but he's a completely unnecessary character Mm -hmm. and so because of that i can't i can't feel 100 percent right about that scene yeah anyway i've said everything i need to say all my notes have been checked off my heart is clear i enjoyed the movie i think you will too yeah yeah there's plenty of good in here there's a lot of stuff that's gonna leave you wanting though and it might be just the way this story is it can't be three hours long and it yeah you know uh some some things are gonna just leave you wanting in the end there's not anything to go around it but um but yeah ultimately yeah good time at the movies oh absolutely so yeah yeah, i would i would give it the same like b minus b plus yeah somewhere around in there it's a good i agree all All right right. well that will be this mini pod mini pod -pod for rogue one this is chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. <laughs> he knows that I'm trying to grab him at this point. I want to tell you guys this story. So a couple rows down from me, a dude literally before, this is before the preview start, maybe after the first preview, this dude looks over to this family that's next to him, and he says, you put that phone away, I'm going to shove it up your fucking ass. Oh, my God. And they just looked over and was ju- were just in shock. And, you know, he was all self-righteous and like, yeah, I did something right there. You know, he settled back into the seat. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was a little bit like- It's, c- it's over it's the top. Concerned, and they didn't like get up and move or anything like that. <laughs> they just sat there through the whole fucking movie. And I kept, that kind of took me out of the movie. I, was I like, can imagine. And the guy in front of me with his family, with another young kid, 
said something like put his hand on his shoulder. First of all, I would not have touched this dude after yeah, he said that. Not... Put his hand on his shoulder and, and said something to him, and he just kind of turned around in a huff, and he didn't say anything from that point forward. But I was like, God, it's that's a... like the most just visceral violent thing that I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, usually usually people are a little bit too timid to say anything. And in this case, it's really wrong because it's the trailers and who gives a shit. Yeah. Now, a lot of times, if you pull it out during the trailers, then you're likely to pull it out during the movie, yeah. too. I, I can understand that. But during the trailers, who gives a shit? And But usually it's people who are too timid. That was just way too over the yeah, top. Man. Like, at least go over and say, man, you know, could you just turn that off, please? Yeah. And then pull out the I'll pull I'll stick it up your ass later if he doesn't do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was driving. <laughs> I was driving past a woman on my way down here tonight who had her phone up in front of her face, one hand on the wheel, one hand on the phone. And if she had had her windows down, I would have yelled something similar to her. Because I you're, <laughs> well, you're taking my life though. into your well, hands. Yeah, exactly. that's 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 a different situation there completely. Because oh but yeah, I don't think I've ever f bombed. Uh, Right out of the gate, somebody that was making too much noise or being too loud. Hell, yeah. I got beer spilled on me at a Bare Naked Ladies concert by the drunk guy above me, and I didn't cuss him at all. <laughs> I just turned around. I was like, dude, he was like, oh, sorry. You know how drunk <laughs> yeah. people are. And uh, so I just watched the rest of the show with beer all over my clothes. By the way, this was on Twitter. Did we say something about CGI Leia in the early? In an we did. Podcast? I went back and listened to it. It's Barrett. Uh, it took me forever to find it. It's not quite the same context, but... Um, yeah, because we're talking about Yoda doing CGI flipping around. Yeah. And then we we're talking about Leia not having, not wielding the Force in Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. And Barrett says something like, or maybe they'll have a CGI Leia flipping around like Yoda did or something oh, like that. Oh, shit. I forgot and, that I said that. And so we did say CGI Leia, but not in the same. Ah, uh, okay. We didn't like call it the way the guy said. But... I feel like I called it. <laughs> and that was like a year ago. <laughs> Yeah. That was episode. That was our first episode, episode. two. Episode two, yeah. yeah. So it was a. It was almost one year ago today that uh, that we recorded all yeah, that stuff, awesome. and we were talking about Star Wars. Yes, we were. And you know what? It's going to be an annual thing because <laughs> yeah, they're going to put exactly. one out every year. Yeah. yeah.